This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Dr. Sheetal Kini, clinical psychologist and couple specialist at Lighthouse Arabia, is back for our monthly Relationships Masterclass. And today, we talk the secret to achieving real intimacy in our relationships. Now, according to experts, relationships can't thrive without trust and vulnerability. And yet, most of us have attached feelings of fear, weakness and shame to being vulnerable. We explore what vulnerability really means, why it's so important in every relationship in your life and how we can break through to feel its power. You can get in touch with your questions for Dr. Sheetal on 4215. You can text us there or DM us at Pulse95 Radio. It is Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Within relationships, there is this idea that uh, being vulnerable means opening ourselves up and exposing our weaknesses to attack. And often we think of it as the seed of our deep, dark fears. But being vulnerable in a relationship means allowing your partner to know you fully, your thoughts, your feelings, challenges, weaknesses. It can be scary to show that side of us to our partner out of fear of being judged. But to some experts, it's the only way to know true intimacy and relationships. But are we ready for it? To help us understand and explore these ideas, I am so happy to be welcoming back to the studio, Dr. Sheetal Kini. Hello, thanks for having me. It's fun as always. (laughs) (laughs) Really good to have you. It's been a little while. Uh, But you know, we've got a big topic today because when I asked you, okay, what are we going to talk about today? You said trust and vulnerability. And I was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, okay. Heavy stuff. It is heavy stuff. Um, And a lot of us, you know, attach a lot of negative feelings Mm -hmm. to uh, vulnerability. Trust can be very difficult. We have to build that up over time. So, you know, we've got a lot to break down today. So you, uh, I think we're going to start with the three types of trust. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about that. What is trust? Why is it important here? So when I talk about trust, it kind of applies, um, I think, to most relationships. But of course, keeping the lens of the um, couple or the romantic relationship here, uh, typically, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, typically when we think about trust, I said, you know, if I said, do you trust your husband? You know, or do you trust your best friend? Typically, they're, um, you're alluding to loyalties in some way. Right. Like, oh, of course, I know that, you know, he won't cheat on me. Exactly. Or I know she won't backstab me. Like, I, I can trust her. She's cool. Like, you know, she wouldn't be in a relationship with someone if you didn't trust them. Right. And typically when you think about that trust, it's like we will stay faithful in that way. Like there's this loyalty factor. So loyalty is a big part of trust for sure. But it's not the end all be all. Um, the other part of trust is reliability. So reliability means when I'm in a really dark place, when things go wrong, when in general I need you to have my back, can I count on you? Can I count on you 
um, emotionally? Can I count on you financially? Can I count like and there's so many ways in which, um, you know, people think about reliability. And the funny thing is when I work with couples, sometimes I hear, you know, like a woman or a man say, oh, yeah, of course, I trust my partner. But then when you think about like delegating responsibilities, like why are you doing everything on your own? Like, why do you reach out to your friend and not your partner when you're in trouble? Well, you know, like I know they're busy. They they won't be available. They won't be. I can't really count on my partner. Wow. So if you feel that way, that means there is no trust in that department. Mm. And that is going to hurt the relationship. And the last one, uh, and what I find to be really, really crucial. I mean, they're all important, but this one really gets to the heart of the the matter is vulnerability and vulnerability can be defined in oh so many ways um but particularly the 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 kind of at the heart of it you said it in the beginning it's can you show your true self to your partner you know all the good things the flaws um no facade there's no fear of judgment there's no fear of um rejection there's a sense of true acceptance that can be really hard it, and that can have, be very hard you may have the first two in place yes but then the third one yes can the hardest kind of, to cultivate it really is it is the hardest to cultivate because you, you know at the, women have their own kind of sets of but i mean talking it's talking very general ter- terms you know women have their own ways of of their own vulnerability you know mm-hmm. what they would never want to show to anyone mm-hmm. unless you know it was somebody who was never going to judge them and you know oftentimes this is not something that you might uh expose yourself to your partner but maybe it is it's yeah. like you know that there is this thing where um you know there's that fear there's yes. that fear of showing weakness it, it comes down to fear you're absolutely right and there can be actually there can be fear of of different kinds for different sets of people and there might be um you said fear of weakness that that actually because of the way that men and women have been socialized and normed the fear of weakness might be more so for the the male population where you know it's like if you think about the socially acceptable emotions for men it's like mm. happiness and anger yes <laughs> you know it's it's okay for a man to be angry nothing else which is kind of which is hugely unfair mm. um no sadness no, no sadness no stress no fear you know, or no, anxiety exactly that's weak um women are on the other hand allowed to feel these things but then there are other fears there um there can be a fear of rejection there Mm. can be a fear of dismissal there can be a fear of you're too emotional and this is you're overdoing it or not doing enough or not exactly being enough exactly yeah um so the fears are there but they can be different kinds of fears Let's take a listen to um, one woman who's pretty much, if you Google the word vulnerability, then <laughs> yes. her name comes up. Dr. Brene Brown. Uh, uh, she is somebody who has done so much research into this. And uh, this is her talking about what vulnerability is and how it uh, manifests itself, why we need it so much in our relationships. We think about vulnerability as a dark emotion. You know, there are a lot of people who talk about light emo- you know, positive emotions 
negative emotions, dark emotions, light emotions. We think of vulnerability as a dark emotion. We think of it as the core of fear and shame and grief and disappointment, uncertainty, things that we do not want to feel, right? Things that I don't want to be vulnerable because that means I'm afraid. That means I'm uncertain. That means I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm at risk. I'm exposed. I'm, I'm in grief. So what we do is we armor up and we say, I do not want to slip into these dark emotions. I will not let myself be vulnerable. But here's what I learned from the research and certainly put into motion in my own life that was the most life-changing is that vulnerability is the center of difficult emotion. But it's also the birthplace of every positive emotion that we need in our lives. Love, belonging, joy, empathy. How many of you would agree that we're in a serious empathy deficit in our culture today? Totally, right? No vulnerability, no empathy. In a culture where people are afraid to be vulnerable, you can't have empathy. You know, empathy is not a default response. If you share something with me that's difficult, in order for me to be truly empathic, I have to step into what you're feeling. And that's vulnerable. So there can be no empathy without vulnerability. Um, why do you think, in that example that I used a while ago, daughter comes home and says, you know, tears. No one sat with me at lunch today. They made fun of what I was wearing. So-and-so won't talk to me. They poured my books out of my locker. And the response back is, I told you, I bought you all those cute jeans. Why aren't you wearing those jeans? And pull your hair back. Is that an empathic response? No, it's a shaming response. Could that shaming response be at the, could, could, could a mother who absolutely adores her child respond with that shaming response? Please say yes, don't kid yourself. I mean, come on. If, you've got a, if you're a parent sitting in here, then you sure as hell know the answer to that is yes. Um, but why, why did that happen? What, where was the access to vulnerability? Where was, I mean, where was empathy? You can't access empathy if you're not willing to be vulnerable. So if my daughter comes home and tells that to me, guess what I have to do? I have to reactivate that sweaty palmed seventh grader who lives inside me. And I have to go, oh God, that's so hard. I'm so sorry. That's happened to me. That's happened to me when I was in middle school and it's happened to me last week. Let's talk about it. But you can't get there without vulnerability. You can't fake empathy. And that is the key right there. This is uh, Dr. Sheetal. I think that's why we need to talk about vulnerability and how to do that because it's all about empathy. So we're going to come back in just a moment. I want to get your thoughts on that particular clip. Sure. Uh, and how do we open up? How do we get beyond you know, those feelings of fear, those feelings of weakness to actually open up, be vulnerable and be more empathetic? More to come on Life Beats right after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. 
Welcome back to Life Beats on Pulse95. And uh, we are with Dr. Sheet Alkini talking about how to cultivate trust in our relationships. And uh, kind of the ultimate way of doing that is being vulnerable and mm-hmm. showing vulnerability to each other. We just heard from Dr. Brene Brown about why it's important to understand vulnerability because it, you know, it allows us to be empathetic. And, and if we can be more empathetic with each other in a relationship, then you know that allows for so much more to come into it, right? Exactly. Um, you know, Dr. Brene Brown also talks about the difference between empathy and sympathy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes, you know, we are able to give each other sympathy because that feels safer in relationships. Um, but a lot of times sympathy can create more barriers um, and it, it does not allow for vulnerability. Um, so for instance, you know, sympathy, if, if in that case of the example, if, if, the, if the girl said, oh my goodness, you know, I'm, I'm upset, or even in a husband-wife relationship, if the wife said, um, you know, my friends didn't talk to me today, and the husband responds by saying, oh, poor you, you know, like, I don't know why this happens to you. This must be, or not even this must be, but just kind of like, well, at least you have friends, you know, or at least you have so much else going for you. Um, usually, no empathic response can start with at least you have something else. Um, because the thing is that we want to be positive. We want to give hope to the other person. So usually the intention isn't a negative one. But when what we miss is that if we actually can put ourselves in the other person's shoes and feel that pain, then that actually connects to people way more than, you know, reminding them of what else they have going for them and giving them advice on gratitude or telling them what they should do better next time. Mm. Um, but the, the the vulnerability piece, especially when it comes down to a relationship, um, what that ends up you know, requiring is that sense of um, I can feel your pain. Yes, yes. But why do you think it's so hard to say that? Why is it so hard to say that? Because then we have to admit that we've been in a situation of failure. We've been in a situation where somebody's taken advantage of us, maybe. Exactly. And that's difficult. That's difficult. And I don't know, we, we may talk more about this, about the difference between men and women. Yes. Um, in admitting to exactly that. In, in talking about especially the failure or the pain that you have experienced yourself. Um, and if you think about, you know, a typical scenario in a man-woman relationship, what I normally hear is, um, and I talked about how we've socialized men and women and what emotions they're usually allowed to express. Um, women have complained a lot of times saying, you know, I, if I have an issue, you know, he just wants me to get it over with. Um, you know, He just wants to find a solution. He just wants to find a solution and shut me up. Uh, he doesn't understand, doesn't understand, doesn't understand. There's no empathy. There's empathy is lacking in this relationship. Between women, it's so much easier to find that empathy, which is why, you know, it's so much easier to tell a, another woman, yes. you know, your best friend or whatever it is, or even somebody you, you might not be that close to. Right. But she's still, she's another woman. She can empathize with you yes. a lot more than, you know, your husband would. And, yes. you know, it, so it's easy to kind of 
shut that off and just kind of go, well, I'm not going to, yeah. I can't share that stuff with you. Yeah. But it's it's unfortunate because it's not that, you know, your husband doesn't care or that he doesn't want to be there for you. It's just that you've also somewhere agreed along the lines of I want my knight in shining armor my strong hero who will protect me who will you know be strong and mighty and da 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 you expect these things from your partner but then you also expect vulnerability yes. I mean how can you have both when there's this bravado and this you know whole um, manly man situation going on the expectation is this yes you 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 really put the guy in a hard place there where (laughs) it's like how am i you want me to you know be empathic and soft and vulnerable but that's weak then Mm, how can i be your knight in shining armor and also your best friend who'll cry with you you know it it is it is such a a paradox really isn't it It um what we're asking of each other how do we how do we then open up how do we change all of that you know what would be the way forward so first of all i think there are some assumptions that need to be cleared um a lot of men have continued assuming that that's what's expected of them from their women partners. Um, a lot of women um, also continue assuming that men are incapable of emotion, um, or that they are that that their own feelings are an annoyance to men, or that you know they will always look for solutions, um, and that they don't care. That if if they get this response, it means that they don't care. Mm. Um, but secondly, it's about discussing with each other what why is vulnerability needed? Why is empathy needed? You know, what is the purpose of it? Um, because I think you know, I think in in Dr. Brene Brown's video as well, she was talking about how vulnerability can be so hard to cultivate, but it is the birthplace of every positive emotion. Yeah, yeah. So even a discussion about, you know, why are we why are we discussing the importance of empathy? Like, who cares? Why? Well, because I don't feel close to you. You know, I don't actually um, that sense of love and emotion and joy and happiness with each other. um, Yes, it's, it's nice when we're doing fun things together. But the connection I feel with you when I can see that you see how I feel and you can take a walk in my shoes. That connection is something else. When you start out a relationship, you're connecting usually, uh, mostly, and sometimes almost exclusively on all the positive stuff. Yeah. On all the fabulous things about that person. Right. And we reserve all of that, all of the the, the stuff that, you know, we think that that person doesn't want to see. We don't let that in Mm -hmm. until maybe a lot later, if ever. Yeah. So how does that impact the relationship? So, you know, when I talked about trust and the three kinds, Mm. um, the vulnerability piece, if you've not been able to do that with people in general, forget romantic partner, but throughout your life, the world hasn't felt like a very safe place for you. If that is the case, then it will be incrementally more hard to do with that one person as well. Mm. Because you do feel like there are some people who are so much more open exactly. than others. And there are some people who, no matter what, mm-hmm. they're just closed off. You want to get in. You want them to feel how much you care. You want them to feel your love. and then, But then somehow, 
you always feel that wall and somewhere along the line that person has been really hurt the trust has been broken they've been vulnerable but it it has not worked out it has failed exactly in possibly quite traumatic ways exactly and in ways that the person might not be aware of as well yeah so um it's basically what is the opportunity cost of getting close you got to ask that question for that individual. Right. They may not have even thought about it. So in in a, in a romantic relationship, even when I do like couples work and I notice I notice these kind of patterns emerging, um it's a more deeper conversation about vulnerability in general. And when you get to that point where the person is able to understand that you know what, actually in general this is really hard for me to do mm. man woman whatever mm. this is trust to know to know that i can be myself and that i'll be accepted for who i am all my emotions will be accepted for who who what they are um at that point then i say you know what even if that is the case then can we try and maybe forget the rest of the world but maybe for that one person can we take a risk yeah Yeah. Cuz you know you start to feel like well am I supposed to just change who I am now like just become this really chatty open person start like discussing my <laughs> life's miseries with everyone. No. It's not about changing who you are but it's about acknowledging that maybe there are some baby steps that I need to take. We're going to talk about those baby steps next. I think this is just such an important discussion to have. Dr. Shitalkini is here. More to come after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Guilt. I'm sorry I made a mistake. Shame. I'm sorry I am a mistake. There is a huge difference between shame and guilt. And here's what you need to know. Shame is highly highly correlated with addiction, depression, violence, aggression, bullying, eating disorders. And here's what you even need to know more. Guilt inversely correlated with those things. Shame feels the same for men and women, but it's organized by gender. For women, the best example I can give you is Anjali, the commercial. I can put the wash on the line, pack the lunches, hand out the kisses and be work at 5 to 9. For women shame is do it all, do it perfectly and never let them see you sweat. I don't know how much perfume that commercial sold, but I guarantee you it moved a lot of antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. <laughs> shame for women is this web of unattainable, conflicting competing expectations about who we're supposed to be. And it's a straitjacket. For men, shame is not a bunch of competing, conflicting expectations. Shame is one. Do not be perceived as what? Weak. I did not interview men for the first four years of my study, and it wasn't until a man looked at me one day after a book signing and said, "I love what you have to say about shame. I'm curious why you didn't mention men." And I said, "I don't study men." And he said, "That's convenient." <laughs> and I said, "Why?" And he said, "Because." You say to reach out, tell our story, be vulnerable. But you see those books you just signed for my wife and my three daughters? I said, "Yeah. They'd rather me die on top of my white horse than watch me fall down." When we reach out and be vulnerable, we get the shit out of us. And don't tell me it's from are the guys and the coaches and the dads. 
because the women in my life are harder on me than anyone else. So I started interviewing men and asking questions. And what I learned is this: You show me a woman who can actually sit with a man in real vulnerability and fear. I'll show you a woman who's done incredible work. You show me a man who can sit with a woman who's just had it; she can't do it all anymore. And his first response is not, "I unloaded the dishwasher," <laughs> but he really listens, because that's all we need. I'll show you a guy who's done a lot of work. Shame is an epidemic in our culture, and to get out from underneath it, to find our way back to each other, we have to understand how it affects us and how it affects the way we're parenting, the way we're working, the way we're looking at each other. Very quickly, some research by Mahalik at Boston College. He asked, "What do women need to do to conform to female norms?" The top answers in this country. Nice, thin, modest, and use all available resources for appearance. When he asked about men, what do men in this country need to do to conform with male norms? The answers were: always show emotional control, work is first, pursue status, and violence. If we're going to find our way back to each other, we have to understand and know empathy, because empathy is the antidote to shame. If you put shame in a petri dish. It needs three things to grow exponentially: secrecy, silence, and judgment. If you put the same amount of shame in a petri dish and douse it with empathy, it can't survive. The two most powerful words when we're in struggle: "Me too." And so I'll leave you with this thought: If we're going to find our way back to each other, vulnerability is going to be that path. I think uh, a lot of people kind of started hearing that and uh, hearing Dr. Brene Brown once again. She's talking about shame. She talk, you know, she studied it a lot. Mm-hmm. And thinking, what does shame have to do with vulnerability? Why are we talking about this? But actually, it's like this cycle, Dr. Sheetal, isn't it? You Absolutely. know, we can't be vulnerable without a- acknowledging and knowing what shame we carry with us. And you know what she talked about—the difference between men and women. It, you know, it carries a, even in, into our cultures. The, what she said, you know, nice, modest. Make sure you look pretty all the time. Right. But make sure you can handle everything all the time without breaking a sweat. And men, they just don't have to. They can't look weak. They have to have that you control know, facade of strong all the time. Exactly. And that cycle that you were talking about. Um, this this applies in in numerous situations where exactly what we go through, we it becomes our default, and then we subject others to it. So wow. we've been criticized, we've been shamed, then we go on to shame others and criticize others. So if we can go into that feeling that we felt when someone criticized us, when someone shamed us, we will not. Do the same to the other person. That, say that again, because I just that that just like made me shiver. Like, <laughs> say that again. If we go into that feeling that we felt when someone made us feel badly about ourselves, when someone shamed us, when someone criticized us, that that relating to that feeling, that pain, that that is empathy. That will stop you from ever making anyone else feel that way. It's so important. Oh my gosh! It's um well. You need to keep going because I, I don't even know. <laughs> when it, I need to like stop at that moment. You know, when she was talking before about you know your daughter comes home and 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 she's got a problem, 
Uh, I was nodding my head because, you know, there are moments when we do that as parents who love our kids more than anything in the world. Anyone that knows me, I talk all the time about my my kids and I'm super proud of them. But there are those moments where, you know, she'll say to me, oh, this and this happened. And I'm like, see, I told you so. Why don't you listen to me? And it's like, I, you know, but you, you have to pull back and just not not be there and not do it like that you have to be there for her in the exactly. right way or and be there for your partner and in terms of your partner you know you obviously if you saw your partner hurting mm. you can have two things that you want to do um, first instance is to comfort or the second could be I want them to be out of their pain yes um, so usually when we go about putting the person out of their pain by giving them a solution that may eventually be helpful but what we don't realize is that whenever anyone is in pain, the first and foremost thing they need is comfort. They need comfort and they need hope. Only if they have those two will they actually utilize the solution you're giving them. Because what's the point of a solution if there's no hope? Exactly. Yeah. If you feel hopeless, everyone can give you all the solutions in the world. But if, if at the end of the day, you're just feeling like, I can't do this. Exactly. I am incapable of getting through this exactly uh it doesn't matter anymore but if and and if somebody especially somebody who is normally strong you know if they show you that vulnerable side Mm. then it makes you think this can this has happened to them it brings you closer to that person because you realize they've been through it too exactly and how powerful is it when your partner says to you that you know what? I'm, 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 I can't imagine how difficult this must be. I, I completely get it. You know, I felt this way too. And we're in this together. You know, you're going to figure this out. But, you know, I get it. Mm. I think she said the most powerful two words are me too. Yes. Which is, and it's, it's not to say, you know, oh, you went through this. Well, I went through that. And I really want to make that distinction. <laughs> that is really important because <laughs> then there are moments when, you know, the other person makes it about themselves. And exactly. it's like, wait a minute. What, 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 I thought this was, you know. About me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it just. That's t- really important. Minor distinction. Yes. Um, that, you know, you're not trying to um, share another story to say, well, I went through something even worse. So don't feel bad about yourself. That's not the point. You know when you when your parents kind of go, you kind of go, oh, you know, this was really hard, and then then your parents go, oh, you know, but there are kids in Africa who have nothing. Oh my lord! <laughs> yes, <laughs> is that one that, of those moments? <laughs> it's like, and this is the thing, the tricky thing as well. Like gratitude is yeah. such an important emotion, mm. and it's like the research is phenomenal to show how protective it is um, against all sorts of um, mental health concerns. However, when someone is in the moment when they are upset, the last thing you want to do is, well, you know, you have so much else to, th- to be thankful for. Mm. Just, just you know, get Stop over this. Stop complaining. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the intention may be that you are trying to um, show, you're trying to silver line <laughs> the situation. Yeah. Well, at least you have something else going for At least this, at least that. That creates more distance in a relationship, any relationship, mm. romantic or otherwise, or a parent-child relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that can be because of fear of vulnerability. Um, that can be because that's what you think is expected of you. Mm. So, and there are there are two different kind of reasons why someone may um, kind of behave this way in their relationships. Yeah. Um, so to expand that further, mm. um, you know, I think we were talking about this a while ago that there are some people who've just been closed off. Yeah. Right. 
Now that that will obviously result in a lack of vulnerability and possibly a hard time with empathy as well. Mm-hmm. But that is not the same criteria of people who they are they're very much capable of vulnerability. You know, they they are not close. They're not affr- like that afraid of it per se. They can cultivate it if they need to, but they think that that's not what's what what's expected of them. Mm. You know, they don't think it'll help. Right. Um, in fact, um, have you ever seen someone say that, you know, you were crying and I could have, you know, hugged you and cried with you, but instead I cracked a joke um, because I thought that crying would just make it worse. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You think it's just going to compound the pain that that person is feeling. Exactly. Whereas actually, you know, that empathy of crying with them has a much bigger impact. Oh, I mean, I've seen this in my counseling as well, where one partner is clearly upset. Another partner starts to divert the topic and make light of the situation. Mm. And I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, I actually pause and I check what what was that about? Because on one hand, it can come across as really insensitive. Mm. And like, what are usually the man that does that? Yes. I mean, you know, and, and isn't that, you know, part of the man kind of thinking, well, I can't. You know, this is this is a very foreign kind of emotion. Yeah. I cannot show yes. that kind of vulnerability as well. So I may as well just crack a joke. Or, you know, lighten the situation because and and, and just so that this is not about man shaming at all, um, poor guy. Um, you know, they they wanna kind of they wanna help. They wanna do whatever can just erase the, the problem and just fix the situation. So his cracking of the joke was an attempt to make things better even though it backfired. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about kind of, you know, where that comes from and, you know, how we can take these ideas further. Dr. Sheetal Kini is here and we are talking vulnerability and trust. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. So where do we go with all of this now that uh, we understand why vulnerability is important to relationships? Dr. Sheetal, you know, why then do we not do it if it's so important? You know, what gets in the way for people? Sure. So um, say that, you know, you you understand that maybe it's needed and it's um, a misunderstanding of expectations. And, you know, okay, fine. Like now, you know. We need to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but think about um, relationships where people have been together. And this is, I think, particularly very specific for romantic relationships now. Now that we're, we kind of talked about different sets of relationships, but this specifically applies to um, couples. Where imagine, you know, you're, you're trying to trust your partner and you say something that's really vulnerable and you know you 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 kind of put your hand out there for comfort right and you maybe you even get it but what happens um, a few days later or maybe a week later you get into a fight and when you are in that state of you know the flight or fight the, the flooded moment where your brain is not really switched on and you know you're just kind of acting on impulse and you take something that your partner told you in vulnerability and you throw it in their face ouch and we know this happens right Mm -hmm. and you know you could calm down and after the fact feel horrible about it but then the damage is done 
Mm. And this, this fear of this happening is what people just go, oh, you know what? It's not worth it. Yeah. It's just not worth it because I would rather keep this one arm distance than get close and then, you know, feel like I can trust you, feel like I can be vulnerable and then get get it thrown in my face later. Yeah, exactly. Then it becomes like a weapons arsenal for, yeah. for your partner that they use against you later. And it may not even be in an argument, but it may be something that you fear builds up in their head over time and, and then, you know, they see you differently. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's actually a very good point. Um, that is a big fear that if I really show you that side, then the way you see me might change. Yes. Um, and that actually, uh, there's more hope for that problem um, because in a way that is a misconception. Um, in the end, to be truly authentic is to be truly liberated in your relationship. There's mm. always a fear that if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't want to be with me. Um, and chances are that both parties have something about themselves that makes them feel that way. Mm. Um, but if you really think about it, when we um, when we get close to someone and when we marry them, when we, we decide to accept them, um, we accept them for everything, the positive and the negative. Mm. And if, even if you have a fear that your true authentic self will get rejected, um, that fear creates, actually makes you behave in ways that result in more rejection. Mm, okay. When you're inauthentic, you actually end up being insincere or you end up in having more miscommunication. You have um, passive aggressiveness. Like when you're not really showing your true feelings, that's what causes more conflict, not being authentic. Not actually, it's actually the opposite. Exactly. That is so interesting. So then, okay, we know this now. Yes. We can't just suddenly go in like after this show and go and <laughs> see the husband or the wife and go, I'm going to lay myself open to you and I'm going to be vulnerable. Exactly. Well, how do we go about, you know, starting this within within a relationship? And, and is, is it actually, is it easier to do in a younger relationship or if you've been with somebody for 10, 20 years, you know, is that more difficult then? It is possible that it can be difficult, more difficult later on mm -hmm. because you've just sort of established these defaults. And I would say that if you do fall in that category of people who've been together for 10 plus years, that you don't just kind of go home and, and start acting differently. Um, because when you act differently, you start to expect differently. But if your partner is not on the same page and they continue, you know, a status quo, it's that's going to be more painful. Mm. So before you do anything, I think it would be really helpful for you both to sit down and have a chat. Maybe even, and honestly, it might sound cheesy, but a lot of times it can be easier to bring up a conversation when you say, you know, I actually, I watched this video, right? Like go on YouTube and literally like just Google Brene Brown. I'm sorry, <laughs> YouTube Brene Brown and look at a, um, her video on shame or vulnerability or embracing vulnerability, the one that this one is called. And, um, you know, kind of use that as a conversation piece to say, you know, I've been thinking about the fact that this can be so helpful for us and I find that and you can start naming yourself if you're the person who's bringing this up with your partner. Mm. I find that I do this like I find it hard to truly be vulnerable, um, which is why sometimes I may seem closed off or I don't have any empathy for you or I don't feel that close to you because I'm guarding myself. I don't know. Do you feel like 
you you feel the same way um do you feel like you need to act a certain way that's expected of you or do you feel safer not being vulnerable so before you go into well we're going to be different mm-hmm. you first have a conversation about how it is now yes and is this really helping us like could we be doing things differently yeah yeah and and opening up the conversation it could even be maybe something as simple as you know do you even agree with this you know exactly take a listen and and um tell me what you think about it exactly and you know kind of starting the conversation from there yes and this piece is actually the hardest which is it, it people find it really awkward to it talk about really these awkward. things super awkward yeah yeah it is i mean it's a really important topic there's nothing funny about it but people start to just kind of go oh this is just strange i would rather avoid it at all costs exactly yeah which is why a video like this can can be a great starter Mm-mm-mm. exactly um and and so you know from there hopefully this is going to be something that uh, establishes more trust in the relationship and more uh, empathy as well which is what we need yes and the fact that it's not going to be one conversation you have to know that if you are changing something about fundamentally about your relationship or fundamentally about yourself for those of you who don't usually share yeah. and and stay vul- or, or you know allow yourself to be vulnerable then this is not going to be a straight line you know like a progress it's it's going to take time it's you're going to be stuck you're going to have a relapse you're going to close off again you're you're going to have to talk about these things with your partner that is going to be very hard for me but we need to keep checking in with each other what kind of things have people opened up about you know when you've done your counseling mm-hmm. you know with couples mm-hmm. um what kind of things kind of what issues have come up between couples that you can give us as an example where somebody has sh- shown their vulnerability well it can be as as simple as you know um a guy saying to his wife that actually you know it really upsets me when you're um when i when i come home and you're busy with the kids and the kitchen and this and this and that and i don't say anything um but i i feel ignored Mm. to say that takes vulnerability yep yep no exactly yes sorry keep going (laughs) (laughs) and to say that takes vulnerability and it can be as simple as that Sally that's the point Mm. that it doesn't have to be a big revelation but these are the small feelings that kind of might accrue over a period of time yes you know um, the woman there who feels ignored every time that her her husband is talking to her but looking at his phone yes it can be as simple as that. Yes. What are some of the bigger ones that maybe have taken time to come out in a relationship? You know, um, feelings about um, adequacy in your relationship in general. Um, feelings about, um, I don't think I provide enough for us. Um, I don't think I do enough for our kids. I don't think I do enough as a partner. Um, I never told you that I've been battling with my own anxiety, that I've been feeling depressed. I didn't feel like I could share that. You know, I, I didn't think that I'd wanted to burden you or so there are these big, big picture things as well. Yeah. Um, but what I usually find is that it's it, it comes up because there are so many small things that build up. It's the lack of communication because it's let this go. This sounds weak to say. 
I, you know, just mm, never mind. It, it grows. And, and that's what you said. Um, we've only just got a couple of minutes. We're almost out of time. But uh, and that's what you said. The first step and the biggest and hardest step is that um, insight and realization. Exactly. In the situation. Insight. Why am I doing this? Am I happy doing this? You know, is this something that's hard for me to do? Or am I doing this because I think this is expected of me? Mm, 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 exactly. That insight is so important that understanding have i always done this in my relationships mm. have i ever tried something different and felt hurt by it yes exactly questions to ask yourself and deliberate huge questions to ask <laughs> ourselves and deliberate but baby steps and i'm so glad we had this show and uh, had this discussion dr sheetal keeney uh, couples therapist and specialist at lighthouse arabia thank you so much it was my pleasure amazing Thanks, amazing This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.